I'm just going to... Go to what we just went over. Oh. All right. Hey, guys. So, this is uh, our podcast on deadlifts. I've got Max here with me. Say hi, Max. What's going on, guys? All right. Let's hit us with... Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to break down the deadlift and what we do when we get across or come across a client who's stuck on a plateau. Shoot it off, Max. All right. So, first thing we want to look at, the foundation of everything is technique. So, um... Cash, what are a few things you look at when you're analyzing someone's deadlift technique if they've hit a plateau? Number one thing is lat tension. A lot of people let their scapula, their shoulder blades fall forward and they start off their deadlift quite rounded. And um, as Max will go over, one of the issues this creates is not only all through the lift, but also with your lockout. If you start off rounded at the bottom, then you're gonna have trouble locking out at the top as well. So lat tension is a big one for me. What about you? Yeah, no, I have to agree that that's the number one. Um, so there's a few little drills you can do, like good ones, um, just like a straight arm pull down to, get, to actually just get the client to learn how to engage those lats. And we're not just pulling, you know, it's two reasons. We're keeping your spine fixed by the lat tension because the lats are inserting, you know, all the way into your arm and then all the way down into your lower back. So by locking the lats in, it protects your spine. And then, you know, you've got to learn how to fire those and not just pull your shoulder down but your shoulder down and back and almost um you know rotating your pinky in towards your body pulling your armpits um into your body yeah that's a that's a good point too is um that's a cue i like to use especially if you train with me one i say is always turn your elbows in so same thing with turn your turn your elbows in you feel your triceps switch on helps your shoulder blades lock down um max was saying the straight arm pull down which is one i've done myself that's a good one not one i've actually used with clients lately so if you're my clients i'm going to be using that on you um one that we did in a deadlift um seminar max and i did was a banded deadlift so having someone hold a band or setting up a band pulling the bar away from you as you try to lift so sit up at the bottom they actually do you find that one creates um, a lot of lat tension as well yeah so so it's it's pretty much uh, it's like this exactly the straight arm pull down but it's a little bit more specific um, a little bit more advanced so for some people you know it can be initially too much and you know to think about having it some you're know, trying to pull a band while you're trying to deadlift yeah. so you might want to work into that but if you just need that extra little cue or a little warm up it's good good when you're ramping up you know just maybe 60 kilos 100 kilos when you're working up or 200 f- like max prefers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're warming up just do a few sets with that band in front just get those lats firing um can really help so that's a big one and then um what are some other things you're looking at the technique cash technique is um position of the hips and the knees so whether you're in the top quarter squat or you're starting with your legs dead straight or you're starting in a full squat what's the most ideal position max so um i really like how, how australian and strength coach explains this the deadlift is the ideal combination of pull and push so you've got to find a happy medium between putting your hips and back in a good position to pull the weight and still using those quads involved in the lift. So you'll find a few things going on here. A big issue a lot of people have is they try to start with their hips too low and they end up shooting up and putting their back in a bad position and then stiff legging the weight up. And sometimes with those people, you can have those hips a little bit higher at the start and that can be a good way. But um, other people, it's just an imbalance of back strength to leg strength. So when they initiate that pull, their ass shoots in the air because their quads aren't strong enough to stay in position, essentially. Yeah, cool. And that would bring us to, should we move on to the first phase of lift? Was it yeah. Was we going to talk about on technique or breakdowns uh, or? 
Um, I, I think um, I mean they're, they're the main ones. Like if you saw the lat tension, I mean there's a few others. Like you want to, um, you want to have your feet directly in line with your shoulders. Ah uh, yes, feet position. Yeah. So with uh, where, where your toes are pointing too, that's important. Yeah. So ideally, you want your toes pointing straight. Um, if you're a bit jacked up with hips like me and Max are, then you'll notice our toes aren't dead straight, but we try to keep them as straight as possible. Yeah. Um, you got any other notes on that? Yeah, yeah. So you have them straight as possible. When, when your toes are pointed out, your knees have to track in line with your toes. So that'll mean your arms have to be wider. So you're lengthening the length of the pool. So that's, that's one of the reasons for keeping your feet straight. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you're a little bit tight in the glutes, it can be hard to reach the bar with perfectly straight feet. Um, so you, can, you might want to put those um, slightly out, especially if you're like, you know, over 100 kilos, it can be hard to get in that good position yeah. with, the, with those feet straight, but it's yeah. something you should always try and work towards. Um, another technique point would actually be head position. Where should you start in head True. position? Where are you looking? Because uh, I know a mistake I used to use or used to do more so on my deadlift was is I would look straight and then as I started to pull, I'd look down at the bar and then I'd just round through and continue looking down. It was, it was absolutely fucking horrible. Um, Max, you want to talk more on that? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a little bit more of an individual thing. Like um, I normally like I'd head up a little bit, not like extension, but you know maybe like a little, little up, a little bit up, and that just tends to keep people a little bit straighter back. Um, but it, it is a bit more individual. Like I've had a few people where literally they are twenty percent stronger with their head down slightly, and their form is better. So that's interesting. Yeah, when you look down, um, not hundred percent sure on the accuracy of this, but um, it's meant to increase a bit more of the the um, activation of the front of your body. Okay. So a bit more leg drive, and as you look up, we all know that increase. That's gonna, you know, start involving the erectors, posterior chain a little bit more. Yeah. So like you watched, um, like uh, you know, KK Constantin Constantin obviously um passed away like six months ago or something. Yep. Um, was deadlifter. Yeah, yeah. So he was a la- uh, Russian Latvian deadlifter who um did some really impressive deadlifts. What and- was his uh, best belt? Was four hundred plus. <sighs> Can't remember, maybe 420. Uh, anyway, whatever it was, good. it was yeah, it was, it was something like lift, four, 420, 125 kilos. Maybe. Don't quote me on that. Um, but what he used to do was start with his head down, and then he'd lift his head as he went through the movement. Interesting. So, so he'd use that head down, activate those quads a bit more, a um, little bit more rounded position to get some leg drive and heaps of speed off the floor. And then to overcome the fact that he was so rounded, he'd lift his head up at the top, you know, as he went up to help uncurl his back. Yeah, so that's probably, again, that's not an average person and that's uh, that's not an average case of strength. Yeah. But for the typical person, we'd like the head in a neutral position where we... Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much. Or, or sli- basically, where your technique's collapsing. So if, you're, um, if your technique's naturally, you know, really good, and you're a bit more quad dominant, you may be able to use a slight head down, but if, if, you, if, it, if there's a beginner and their back's collapsing at all, I'd rather have that head in slight extension yep. than, and maybe there's a tiniest, tiniest bit more risk of, you know, a little bit of neck irritation than putting their lumbar at risk. Yep. Oh, and, that brings you on to another thing. Like, if you're one of these people, stop doing this because it's terrible. People deadlifting in the mirror sideways. So deadlifting, <laughs> looking sideways into the mirror, oh and my deadlift God, yeah. might, 
we have these really <clears throat> amazing things these days. I called um, I called smartphones. You can <laughs> you can set them up on a box or yeah. ask a receptionist at the gym to video your form, <laughs> and then you can watch back over it. Yeah. Don't deadlift with your neck sideways because that's a uh, that's a sure way to uh, mess something up for your yeah. um for your neck and yeah. upper part of your spine. Yeah. Or or actually talk to someone at the gym. Well, yeah, for a change and get yeah, into yeah. video. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, just <laughs> ask someone. If you're a bit of, a, if you're a bit of an introvert like Max, you probably just set up on a box. <laughs> um, um, anyway, so we're talking about um with the technique flaws. So there's only so much you can do with changing someone's technique. Sometimes you actually need to strengthen those muscles to hold that position. Yes. And so is that is something you found? Hundred percent. So um, one of the big th- obviously we're talking about lats. So if someone's got piss weak lats and that's a target area you want to target or want to work or build strength and what's one of your methods for building bigger lats bigger lats or deadlift specifically so um i have a little standard that i like to give my um strongman guys who want big deadlifts you need to hit 10 sets of 10 on on body weight pull-ups and i can vouch for this this is uh this is (laughs) quite awful to do <laughs> so essentially it's 100 pull-ups in your session and yeah uh, what max told me when he gave me this um when he used to program for me was you can't leave the gym till you finish all those sets so <laughs> you just you just got to power through there and get through them all but um yeah and or honestly that helped a lot with my lat tension and it's something that um that i'll be using on clients yeah so so, so that, that that particular method um sometimes i'll just chuck people in the deep end i'm like okay do 100 Sometimes I say I give it to people all the time. Yeah. When I know they're motivated and I know they're going to handle this amount of volume, it's not just something I'd give to someone their first day in the gym because it's um you know not going to be achievable. I say 100 reps of pull-ups, no matter how many sets it takes. And um, like for me, the first time I tried this, it took something like two hours because because <laughs> my my endurance on pull-ups was was so bad and you know over you know 20 maybe 30 sets and then. Um, once you shock your body with that stimulus, the lats actually are designed to respond quite well. You know, when you think about it, you know, it wasn't that long ago in evolutionary terms that we were swinging from trees. Your lats are actually capable of such growth and strength. It doesn't normally take too long to get to that 10 by 10 if you've got a good um, good strength base already. Yeah, 100%. Um, so that would be one of the areas to focus on. And then the next area to focus on will be your lower back slash spinal rectus. Would you agree? Yeah, well, well just um, one more thing on the pull-ups. Um, and obviously there's rows coming to that. So you want to look at someone's bent of rows, dumbbell rows, there's some kind of row variation and see if they're actually weak on that. Um, that, that was one thing, um, you know, I, I kind of, when I was, you know, just, you know, more of a um, beginner, you know, getting around the 220 kind of mark with a really rounded back. Um, getting the upright row, um, your bent over row helped. Yeah, 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 it did help. Yeah, because just because I hadn't done any rows before, so um, yeah, the, that that can definitely help. Just get, getting that bent row up, you know, um, you know, to the you know, depending on where you're at. But um, yeah, I like to see you know 140 for a few reps is generally a good pretty. Yeah, for a male. For a male. Yeah. yeah. Okay, not female. Just just <laughs> yeah. clarify that for for a female though. Female. Oh, well, if they want to deadlift, you know, in the one, you know, 140. You know, maybe 60, Half that. 60 kilos. 60 to 70. 60 to 70. Yeah. You know, we're, talk, we're talking about a little bit of a cheat. This isn't totally strict. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 So you just know. talking about pinning a bit of body rock into it and just powering it through. 
not over like, to the point where you're still getting a contraction in your lats. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not um, and that's probably the one muscle. Like I'm, um, I'm all for cheat reps. I love cheat reps, but there's a time and place for it, and there's also a time in your training age to do it. Yeah. it's not something you want to do within the first six months or no. into a year but, walking into the gym. Well, well, just to clarify that, so when I used to do rows 140, which I probably I can't even, probably couldn't do now. I'm sure I could work back to that very quickly just because I haven't got rows in my program at the moment. Um, I've been over rows anyway. You know, I started with 60 kilos. Yep. So start off, do it light if it's a weak point and get the lats firing and then slowly, slowly edge up that weight. And then you do the controlled cheat. If you're still got to, if you're not feeling any lats, you got to back the weight off. Yep, makes sense. Yeah, if you're feeling it all on your biceps and forearms, then yeah, definitely, definitely back the weight off and focus on when you're trying to feel it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they're the main ones for lats. Um, the other thing about tune-ups that a lot of people get wrong is rounding at the top. Yes. If you do that, that's not going to help you deadlift as much as sticking your chest out and squeezing between your shoulder blades. Um, so, I mean, you've probably found this as well, Cash. If you're... Um, on the on the larger side, you know, north of 100 kilos, it's very difficult to, to do a chin up with, with a chin all the way above the bar without rounding over. Yes. So yes, sometimes yes. it's good just doing a half rep and getting that squeeze at the top. Yeah, going as far up. as your body's mobility will allow you yeah. before it starts, so, or where your strength and mobility will allow you. Yeah. Um, I think it was a couple of days ago, maybe last week, beginning of last week, I posted a video on the pull-ups and the importance of how you should feel your back exercises in your back and not the shoulders. Yeah. So if you feel it in your shoulders, especially your front of your shoulders, <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing the exercise terribly <laughs> wrong and just stop yeah. doing it and hire a coach to teach yeah. you how to do it right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll, yeah. That was like yeah. Um, when I first started being a trainer and people doing back exercises, they'd be like, where you I'll be like, where are you feeling it? And they're just like, that motion to the front of the shoulder. Yeah. And I just like had no idea what was going on. I'm sure a lot of coaches had the same thing. Yeah. When, because they love training and they, you know, because they do it so much, they can already feel those muscles. But, um, yeah. you know, if, if you're so, you know, you, you've got to learn how to teach that to someone who's got no proprioception. Exactly. And the biggest thing is like, I like to get hands on with my clients. Um, not in a creepy way, but um, get on and just pull their shoulders down, hold them there for one or two reps and go, all right, hold that position for me, take mm. my hands away and let them actually keep their shoulders pulled back. And yeah. Nine times out of 10, it helps them get them in their lats. Um, I find the people that struggle with that most is people who are over at the age of 40. So if they're yeah. working at an office desk, mm. um, things like lawyers, example, or people who work in finance that spend a lot of time at a desk yep. or salesman driving, Things like that, um, they have very round shoulders and it's hard to reset that. But again, it's a progression. If it's gonna take, they spent 40 years doing it um, in that position, it's gonna take several weeks for them to be able to pull it back. Yeah, um, or another thing about rows, I'm sure you've found this as well, is um, a lot of people, the thing of a, when they think of rows, they think about their rowing, like they're trying to pull from point A to point B. Ah, uh, yes, when, yes. When, what I like to do is, it's like the pull-ups. Don't try force that range at the top if it's not there, yep. just to tick off some arbitrary box that I can pull this rep. You go where your body wants to go. So like, for me, I can fully contract my lats, you know, with, um, and I'm not actually pulling the bar all the way in, touching my body, yep. which, which, and for most people, 
that's that's the case because they're yes, tight so through that, yeah. the you know chest and shoulders. If they pull all the way in, they're just going to crunch over, and they're achieving nothing. They're not showing their lad anymore. They're um hundred percent. Yeah. And going back to bed over, one of the reasons why I actually really like that is the first position, mm. um, start position is in the what very similar to the bottom position of Romanian deadlift. Uh, which is another good accessory yeah. exercise. So that start position, you're already loaded through your hamstrings, your shoulder blades <coughs> locked down, your chest size up. And for the average person, that's actually quite a hard position just to hold for a long period of time. So if you can if you can learn that, or if your coach can teach you that, and you can get stronger in that movement, that um, that will have a massive yeah. um, transition over to deadlift. And, and then the um, anyway, so that, that's talking about the lats. So then the other thing we're talking about was the hip shooting up. Yep. Um, uh, quad drive. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. So basically, well, weak legs or not being able to use your legs, keep your butt down in the deadlift. Yep. What a few exercises you do for a client when your technique cues aren't helping because the muscles are just too weak. Um, so one I like to do is uh, partial reps and particularly the bottom half of the deadlift. So only mm. pulling to bottom half, bottom part of the knee or top yep. of the shin. So or even mid shin. Again, depending on the position, uh, person's weak point, but. Uh, I'd get them just to do 20 reps, two sets of 20, half pulls to the knee and control on the way down and control to the ground, not tap and go. So it actually makes them really use their legs and constantly cueing them going hips down, leg drive, leg drive, hips down, legs drive, lats on. So keeping those cues in, that's something I use. Was that two, two by 20? Two sets of 20 before they I'll, start their deadlift. I like that actually. That's um, <coughs> because it's, it's teaching them to keep that form under fatigue as well. Yes, 100%. Because that, that yeah. is going to be rough. Yeah, yeah. Get it rough, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's almost like, um, I don't know if you heard of like a dimmel deadlift? No. It's it's like... Did um, you say dimmel or dimmel? Dimmel deadlift. It's dimmel. like um, the exercise they used to do at Westside Barbell, where it's like a deadlift lockout, um, but you, you do it like um, really fast, like 20 reps. It's like a top half Romanian deadlift. Yep. And you really snap, snap your hips. Oh, yep, yep. Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I've never really found much benefit for those, but that is actually seem, I actually like that a lot. I might, um, might use yeah. that. Um, another one that you use? Yeah. Um, okay. So I like, um, well, big thing will be, first of all, let's look at the ratio of their squat to their deadlift. Yes, 100%. So the, uh, particularly high bar squat. Yeah. Yeah. High, high bar squat. So, um, well, you're definitely high bar squat. Um, Just explain to people in case they don't know the difference between a low bar and a yeah, high okay. bar. So, so what we're referring to here is safety bar, front squat. Is the um, high bars where the bars high in your traps? A low bar squat is normally done um, not as deep, and the bar is further down. So it's a it's a powerlifting technique that um, basically just decreases the lever arm on your of your back, so you're able, able to shift more weight. Yep, that's it. Um, anyways, so so we look at the ratios. So. The ideal one would be you can um, high bar squat with no wraps or anything, you know, just a belt, 90% of your best deadlift. And we don't often see that, but that's that's what you want to be striving for is to get that high bar squat as high as possible. And that will enable you to, um, you know, balance out your leg and back strength. But, um, you know, occasionally you'll see people, someone who can squat, you know, a high percentage of their deadlift. And they, um, so that's, that's not an issue. But um, anyway, but what we're talking about here, so yeah, that can be an issue. And then from there, another thing is um, snatch deadlifts. And people with um, weak quads, they'll f- actually really feel those in the deadlift, in, in the snatch deadlift. Yep. And they'll compl- and they'll complain when you make them do them correctly. Yes, with yeah, their hips cause down. Because uh, it's a very quad dominant exercise. Yeah, yeah. And lats, actually, lats, lats and quads, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, that really makes the legs burn, the old snatch deadlifts, if you're doing them right. Just before you go on to snatches, I'll talk about my own experience with high bars. I went to mm. max last year. Um, I was struggling to get past 240 on my deadlift. And he was like, how's your high bar squat? And I was like, what do you mean high bar squat? <laughs> I was like, I haven't done high bar squat in the past year. He's like, you should start doing high bar squat. So I ended up getting my high bar squat up to 200 for two, which is quite a small percentage compared yeah. to my low bar squat and my deadlift. Mm. Um, but building that up, building that and my front squat up, which are two very quad dominant movements, um, that actually helped my leg drive a lot in my deadlift. And then the rest there, that went up. 20 kilos over the course of a couple of months on my deadlifts. There you go. Right, back up to cool. Um, well, actually, just just going on from that, that's another good point. Is where's your front squat at? Yeah. Because often you'll find these people with, um, you know, with their hips shooting up, backs rounding on the, you know, as a result on deadlift, their front squat's quite weak. So, um, I must have been like five or six years ago now. I I remember like I, I trained with this um, like uh, lightweight powerlifter at the time and. Um, I was, you know, down south, um, so not in Perth for a few months, training by myself, and then he sent me a video of him, uh, you know, front squatting maybe 140, I think, and I was like, oh, that'll be easy, so, <laughs> and, and I had squatted 200, low bar, of course, um, or maybe yeah, a little bit, little bit more than 200, um, so I thought, okay, I, I put 140 on, you know, I did 100, you know, 60, 100, straight to 140. And then I was like, all right, let's try um, try 140. And then it did, I just went straight into the hole and, fo- and folded <laughs> over <laughs> like, a, like an accordion. <laughs> yeah, like... Um... And, and, then, and, then, and then afterwards, I was like, okay, I'll see where I'm actually at. And I think I missed... I don't think I didn't even get 120 because my, my, my quads were so weak. I'd literally been using my back to an enormous degree, cheating these cheating out these um, horrific low bar squats. Yeah. And then once my front squat went up, my deadlift form improved dramatically. What percentage would you say quads are in that first drive of, the le- of your deadlift? Oh, <laughs> that's a good question. I, I don't really, I don't normally think in terms of that. Um, one way you could probably break it down is work out what someone's Romanian deadlift max is. And then you could add the quads in Possibly, but then you're also you're shortening, you're lengthening the hamstrings there, and so I'm not sure how you'd work that one out. Yeah. I've never, never thought of that because I, I tend to think of it like as a whole unit. I don't really. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, just saying that I say to people when they ask me about their deadlift, like, uh, why do you think I can't get past my deadlift? And I look at them just pulling it all from back. I go, you probably got another forty percent there if you just use your yeah, legs. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a good so, way of putting it. I mean, it's definitely it's it's big. Yeah. Like sometimes um. But sometimes when my deadlift's feeling the best, I'm always getting in a position where it feels like I'm doing a quarter squat holding the bar. Yep, yep. Yeah, you just getting get, that drive out of getting so. that drive out of the bottom. Um, anyway, and, and then snatch groups. Is that what we're talking snatch, about? Snatch. Oh, okay. So th- yep. this is a big one. So here we go. Get ready, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so snatch groups. So I mean, we're getting a bit more into programming here. But um, a snatch grips also, if they're done correctly, like it's a easy one of the easiest exercises to do very poorly. Yes, that's very easy. <laughs> um, but if you if you do it correctly, it's really good for your deadlift and really good for working on technique. So um, I pretty much just like to make them as hard as possible. How about how about you? Definitely. <laughs> um, and the way that Max uh, method I got from Max doing it was uh, adding some pauses into your snatch grips. Mm. Um, 
And something I've found, this is more so for people who really struggle with that or have really tight shoulders around the back, is starting the pauses, getting them to lift it up from the top because generally it'll be in poor, terrible form, getting them to arch their back and then start the pauses from there, so going down, or starting their snatch grip from the top and going down from there because they struggled so much getting to the bottom position. Mm. Um, yeah, that's what I found with those. What about you? Yeah, it's, so I, I've just, you know, snatch grips. I first heard about them from Charles Polican and he, he actually put me through one of um, his hardest snatch grip workouts on one of his courses, which was absolutely heinous, um, and I've given to quite a few clients. But um, I just like, all, just making them hard, so it pauses off the ground, pauses mid-shin, pauses below the knee, above the knee, on the way up, on the way down, you know, slow on the way up, slow on the way down, you know, maybe one rep, 10 seconds on the way down, working up, um, and then, uh, you know, supersets like, two snatch deadlift into four conventional um but just find where people basically find where people suck like if someone has really poor control on the eccentric you know making them do five ten second oh, yeah. snatch deadlifts and this is very common in crossfitters now yes between me and max have both had a share of people who have done crossfit they've come over for strength phases of training um max more so you'll talk on this but CrossFit's everything in the concentric phase or the explosive phase and there's not a lot of eccentric control or not a lot of posterior work either. So strengthening up someone's eccentric control that does a lot of that um, explosive movements like CrossFit or more like the lifts they do in CrossFit, I should say, um, that has a tremendous transfer over to increasing total strength. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah it's, di- it's a totally different mindset. So, um, well, I mean, this is a funny story. Um, I'm sure this guy listened to the podcast. Yeah. But I had um, I gave someone that 100, um, you know, pull up workout the other day, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I didn't do really well. It took I did it in 13 minutes." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that's actually pretty good." Yeah. And then and then um, anyway, I didn't think anything of it. And then I was um, working out his weights for this week, um, you know, last Sunday, and I, and I sent him messages like, "Oh, so mate, um, I'm more interested in how many sets it actually took." Like, um, how many sets did it actually take you to do that on reps? And I was like, ooh, maybe like 65. Because <laughs> he'd, he'd, he'd done the CrossFit style where he'd started like doing five reps every 30 seconds. He'd broken it up from the start to make it easier yeah. so he could smash out more reps. Whereas the point of this, uh, the point of the, my using it is to grow the lats, not just get this work done as fast yeah. as possible. Yeah. Um, anyway, but, but so that's, that's a bit, little bit on the mindset. Um, and and this this guy is like not really he's not really a crossfitter that was that was more of a well anymore anyway but you know that, that's just a little funny story about the crossfit mindset that sometimes they can um, everything's for time and you got to get the work yes. done within a certain amount of time yeah. so with that in respect is you got to look at different methods of training with mm. different respects and different yes. principles so <laughs> strength being one is everything's very slow and controlled but still explosive to get your strength where. Your bodybuilding is more of just trying to focus on the squeeze or the pump of the muscle and drive blood yeah. in there. So, so um, basically what we're saying is most bodybuilders, <laughs> crossfitters, sorry, <laughs> have never done any tempo work. Slightly different people. Yeah. So they, they've never done any tempo work. So they, um, because they just try to get all the reps done as quickly as possible, they've never taken the time to slow down and find out where they're weak. And if you do a snatch deadlift, you know, um, 30 seconds on the way up 30 seconds on the way down you'll find, you'll find, <laughs> you'll find it pretty quickly where you're weak I and just posted a video today of me doing a 30 second eccentric squat and I haven't actually done that on a snatch grip deadlift but um, I will try that and post a video that will be uh, interesting 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> and then, um, so once I find those weak points in the snatch deadlift, I just get people to spend time there. So if someone shakes when they get to their mid shin, I will just get them to chill out there, you know, tip five seconds, <laughs> you know, take, spend some time there. Um, it's like, um, like I trained a, had a weightlifter for a strength phase once and weightlifting, they do a lot of pause snatch grip work, but he did the pauses at very specific points. And if you went one inch below, above or below those points, because he'd been doing those same pauses for years, he would shake and be super weak. So I made him do those pauses in just a different spot and his back got a whole new stimulus. Yeah, and that's like, that is the biggest thing with um, any training or any specific training goal is that you have to create a new stimulus every few weeks in your training. Like the average principle rule is four weeks. Mm. But again, that can change on depending on the athlete, more advanced athlete, the quicker they adapt to a stimulus. Yep. But if you're doing the same train techniques or the same methods day in, day out for a year or two years, months, whatever it is, you're not going to get as good as results than if you're giving your body a new stimulus like Max was saying, finding mm. different points. You can do the exact same exercise, but just use a different point or pause and it will change your exercise dramatically. Yeah. Or even just adding a pause into your exercise. Well, probably the worst in Australia, I'm, I'm, I've seen in uh, Australian bodybuilders have probably the least idea about programming of anyone I've ever seen. There's, for some reason, just like there's these people who give out, they're, they're, not, they're, they're online coaches who just, don't, they're not getting programs, they're just giving workouts. And there's, a, there's such a big difference. There's a, there's a lot of, I can vouch and say there's a lot of uh, Instagram models out there that post their daily workouts for the day. And yeah, a lot of them actually squat plus, we're talking about like 50, 60 kilo females here, squat plus 100 kilos, but upload their booty band workouts. And for go, rep, this, is, yeah. this is how I got my really good figure. That's not how they got their figure. Exactly. Anyway, anyway, we're going off topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so where were we? So snatch deadlifts. Um, so they, they will talk, go into programming a bit. So we've sorted out their technique and we've taken on board. We may need to use certain special exercises to fix those issues in conjunction with the program. But where do you start off with the program? Uh, with, say it again, with deadlifts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the beginning of the, like a beginner or like with the... Well, well I mean, we're talking about a... Or with a snatch grip. No, no, oh, no, just deadlifts in general. So how would you do like a 12-week program for someone who's, you know, hitting decent weights, but they've hit a big plateau? 